Welcome to The Journey Expressed, where we talk about faith, friendship, and the more of God. I'm Mel Boyd, and today Jen and I are going to continue our conversation from last week. This is now part two of our conversation with Marilyn Chadwick. We'll turn a little bit to the your book, Woman of Valor, because I know we don't have hours and hours, and I wish we had hours and hours with you, but um, even that wouldn't be enough. But I am not finished yet with your book, Woman of Valor, but it is so rich, and it does share your story a little bit. And so for our listeners, we'll put a link to Marilyn's book, Woman of Valor, that includes her her early story before you mm-hmm. became mm-hmm. really— Before I became a believer. Mm-hmm, and your story mm-hmm. through college and mm-hmm. some injustices that you saw in with the racial tensions. And yeah. you write. You write very real, and you have overcome, and you have done some spiritual warfare in these hot topics that are still hot topics today. Isn't that ironic that they were hot topics when I was coming along, and then they're hot again? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or a renewed, a renewed hotness. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. this feels a lot like the '70s. Yeah, well, you have a yeah. lot to offer, and so I just would Thank point you. our listeners in the direction of getting the book "Woman of Valor." And again, we'll put the the link in our show notes. But I don't yeah. know if you wanted to circle back. Well, to that I'm going to because I feel like there's a woman out there that might need this. It, and I want to be exact about it. It's Psalm 113. It is verse 9. I couldn't remember if it was the beginning, but it's at the end. And again, it's just so clear. He settles the barren woman in her home as a happy mother of children. And barrenness was considered a curse. wasn't a blessing. So mm-hmm. I just pray with great confidence mm-hmm. when I pray for people mm-hmm. that want babies. And I've seen a lot of people, not because of my prayers, but just because of God's amazing work. Mm-hmm. Um, fulfilling his word yeah well even just last week there was somebody in your church that delivered a Mm -hmm. baby that david and you Mm -hmm. prayed for a year ago a year ago Mm -hmm. on easter was Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and they just birthed after 10 years of trying i know it was and i was at that it was amazing yeah it's astounding i think god wants to unleash more and more of that and i I've traveled enough in the global south that I've seen in action mm-hmm. what God's power mm-hmm. can do. I mean, I've, I've talked personally to two people that, you know, had experiences being raised from the dead. So that'll mm-hmm. get your attention. Yes. And I keep wondering why they they seem to see more than we do. And I don't really think God has favorites. I mm-hmm. think the medical miracles are much more necessary there because they don't have many doctors. Wow. And I don't even pretend to know why some people's prayers get answered and others don't. Mm-hmm. All I know is I've seen enough now that I'm going, I don't know what, what's going on in the world, but God is on the move doing some amazing things. That is so humble. Yeah. It's, so, it's a declaration, and yeah. it's humble at the same time. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you this on behalf of our listeners, for those who want children but are actually terrified to have children at the same time <laughs> in the world we're in, do you have any encouragement for those in that mm-hmm. situation, in that stage of life right now? Oh, boy, I sure do, because one of the arguments David and I had early on in our marriage, and remember, I'd come out of being an unbeliever, and it also kind of leaned you know, toward high-powered corporate career type, and I wasn't sure I wanted kids. Mm. you know. And so our little argument was whether we were going to have two or none, you know, and okay. then, then the funny ir- irony that we needed to work so hard and mm-hmm. wait so long mm-hmm. and see God's miracle before we could have them. So I began to want them so desperately that I would do anything, and then I believed so strongly that God could take care of them. Once I said, if he can give us babies, he can sure take care of them. Okay. So I don't know any other way except just faith that God will keep them covered mm-hmm. and and take them through life as it is. And things look bleak right now, but gosh, my parents were 
you know, in the middle of World War II. Wow. And things look bleak then. We just know more about it now because of social media. Okay. Right. I'm not sure the times are that much worse. I mean, when David and I got married, the interest rates were 15%, you know. Wow. So, and the gas lines were like three and four hours, but you didn't see it because you didn't have social media. Right. You know, my dad was a World War II submarine veteran and the things he saw, but you didn't have social media. So, I Mm. don't know. I think I would just say what parents have always had to wrestle with is can God take care of my children you know he's he uh what is it great will be your children's peace this is isaiah 54 great will be your children's peace and all your children will be taught by the lord yes so i and then what is it psalm 144 he trained my fingers for battle and my hands for war and then look at all the places that he has the promises Mm, for our children i mean i do think we're supposed to fight a fight of faith for our children Mm -hmm. i do Mm -hmm. it's a fight of faith to get them here it's a fight of faith faith once they're here um yeah, Psalm 144 trains my fingers for battle and my hands for war. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how uh, then our sons, oh, this one I camped on because I had boys and a girl. Psalm 144:12. then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants and our daughters will be like graceful pillars carved to adorn a palace. And I had a friend and I, we prayed that verse, Psalm 144:12 for our children for a whole year. Wow. wow. I wonder powerful. if that's the year, Mel, that um, was it David, Marilyn and David's son, David, who taught you how to play chess? I wonder if that was the year you prayed that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. That was another yeah. fun fact that I, yeah. I babysat for, yeah, for the, your children. Chess player, I know. <laughs> but I think, I think the parenting thing rips our heart. Mm-hmm. You know, either way, before we have them, if we can't have them, mm-hmm. then when we get them, it rips our heart. I don't think anything puts us on our face. Oh, yeah. Like parenting. I agree. Would you agree with that? Fully agree with that. And it should. Mm -hmm. You know, I I told a friend once that had five children, I said, I'm a little little embarrassed that I'm not a more relaxed mom because I really wanted things for my children. I wanted life to go well for them. I wanted to do my best. And she said, well, motherhood's not a relaxing job. Oh, okay. It's not a relaxing (laughs) job. That's so true. It's not. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like, I'm not at peace. I don't know. I'm doing yeah. bad. I'm a bad Christian yeah. mom. And when yeah. you say that, it's yeah. like, okay, I'm it's not, not supposed to be relaxed no. right now. Because <laughs> you're on guard. You're on guard. You're literally on red alert all the time because you are the guard. And, you know, that word easer, and we can talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit later if you want to, but the easer, the, yes. the, the Old Testament word for helper. Yes. Helper just doesn't get it. Let's right. go. Marilyn. Helper just doesn't get it. Go. Turn so, the corner. Let's right. go towards you this. You want to do that because that's yes. part of the reason I wrote this book. Come on. Because here I'd come from being sort of quasi-feminist, although that term has changed a lot, but I knew women could be strong. I had two grandmothers, one that was on the first basketball team for women at William & Mary, and the other one who traveled all across the country teaching a school. Mm. These were in the early 1900s. Wow. And their names were Eunice and Lois. Wow. Isn't that a hoot? Yeah. So, <laughs> Eunice and Lois. But anyway, I come from a, a family where women were empowered to not be bossy. I don't mean that. Or overpower their husbands. That's not attractive. But they were strong. And so mm-hmm. when I found out that the word in Genesis, and when the Lord said, I'll make you a helper, was easier. That word is a whole lot better mm-hmm. than just helper, and it's a, a support, but it's a rock. Mm-hmm. It's a military term, mm-hmm. and so women need to be strong, for, especially in this world that we're in. Yeah, and and it's love that makes us brave. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's just love that makes us brave. I asked a New Testament scholar in Lebanon that's a dear friend. I said, Hikmat, am I making too much out of this word? I mean, we don't we don't hear it a lot, and we sure don't see the easier side of the woman 
treated with much respect. And I'm not talking about feminism. I'm just mm-hmm. saying the text mm-hmm. speaks so loudly, but we don't hear that in our interpretations. That's very a good often. way to say it. And he mm-hmm. said, well, not only is Ezer very, very strong, he said, but the woman of valor, which we're going to talk about in a minute, which mm-hmm. is in Proverbs 31.10, he said, the women in the Middle East have always had to be strong because we've always been at war. Wow. Wow. And I said, and so he said, you are right on the money. Mm. You're right on the money. This needs to be, mm-hmm. this needs to be told. Wow. Well, let's, let's tell it. Let's tell, <laughs> let's tell the story of the woman of valor and what the word Ezer means. And doesn't God call himself that? Well, he does. Ezer is used about 22 times in the Old Testament and only twice does it refer to the woman. Wow. The rest of the time it's talking about God. You know, God is my helper. God's my strength. Mm-hmm. You know, what can man do to me? I won't be afraid because God is my strength. Mm-hmm. And then the word Ebenezer, we've heard that a lot. And Eben means rock. Mm-hmm. So when you get Eben and, and Ezer put together, that's like a rock of support. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Hebrew is a beautiful language. And the English just can't ever quite do it justice. I know. So it helps. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I know where to go Mm -hmm. and who to ask. Mm -hmm. And so it's just so fun to realize that God chose to do the Old Testament in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And then Greek's very different. He chose to do the New Testament in Greek. And there's a reason for that. And he chose us to be born where we are with our native tongue as English. I know. But we have a mind that is here to learn and discover. And and that's part of the adventure of it. It is part of the adventure. We're all on level ground. We're yes. all on, I love that. And you're so humble, too. Just even for you to present that question to your Lebanese friend, like, am I making too much of this? I just love your humility and your approach to life, and you're so intelligent oh. and humble. It's just the whole package. Like you're making me blush. Okay. I'm sorry. We're just, I'm just honored, you know, to have you here and share so much with us. Well, can you tell us real quick, tell us how you, why you wrote this book. Yeah, Woman of Valor is from Proverbs 31.10. And we all know a lot of the translations, woman of virtue, excellent wife. There are lots of them. And one day I was looking in my little Bible Gateway app and um, looking at all the different versions of this excellent wife, woman of virtue, virtuous woman, whatever. And I got to the Orthodox Jewish translation and it said woman of valor. Mm-hmm. And I was taken aback. I was like, what? I never heard that. Have y'all, had y'all, I mean, it's, we probably have heard of it now. I've mm-hmm. heard of it attached to men. Like yeah. Men, men, men of, of valor. valor. Mighty men of valor. Yeah. Yes. We had David's mighty men of valor. Right. We had Gideon, oh man of valor. Um, the word is hail in the Hebrew. And the, the word before it is eshet. So it's eshet hail. And every time you see hail, it's army, you know, warrior, mm-hmm. soldier. I mean, everything is military. Isn't that funny that we get all these military <laughs> words yeah. for women? Be better, be careful how we use that power. <laughs> but um, so I was just struck by the power of that that phrase, "woman of valor." And then I thought back to all the amazing women that I've had in my life. I've shared with you about my two grandmothers and my mom. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's on limited time right now, but she's such a fighter. Yeah. And so that's a whole other story about her valor. But these women that I met overseas that were in these really awfully, terribly challenging and sometimes dangerous and discouraging circumstances, and they were making it work, and they were pouring their life out to other people. Hmm. So I was like, their stories need to be told. Wow. And so that's part of why I wrote it. And then the other reason I wrote it is my own sister was battling with for her life in a battle she eventually lost after 29 months. And I was just, it was this, I decided to write the book after the first 40 days in the trauma unit because she had fallen and hit her head. 
So the trauma floor is not a, not a relaxing place not to right. be. <laughs> so, um, so I was there every day and, you know, all day long and into the evening. And I came back one night by one of my little favorite coffee shops because I just needed to decompress before I went home. Mm-hmm. And so I got an email from my editor of my previous book, which was The Eight Great Ways to Honor Your Husband. And then David wrote the companion volume. And so Steve was his name, and he said, you know, I think your next book, and see, I hadn't even been talking about a book. I think your next book needs to be something related to giving your life away. Mm. Because he said, that keeps sneaking into your other books. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Steve, I didn't say this, but in my mind I'm thinking, Steve, do you realize I'm living at the trauma floor right now? And <laughs> wow. not a very good place to think about writing a book. And wow. yet something grabbed me. And so I started making notes about this book, Woman of Valor. And there I would be in the hospital and the later in the rehabs and then later in the nursing homes, mm. putting note, taking notes. And I, in the middle, in the middle of giving of all of that. your life away. Oh my gosh. You know, and, <laughs> wow. and the, the place I'd rather not spend my time anywhere. Mm. Nursing homes are extremely hard places to yeah. be. And she was yeah. in one. But all that to say, I threw a fleece out to the Lord. Because this is a very Jewish term, right? Mm-hmm. Woman of Valor is the Hebrew. They sing it every Shabbat evening. The, mm-hmm. the husbands either say it or sing it to their wives. So I was like, Lord, I don't think I can write this book right now. And if you want me to, you are going, and this was my specific prayer, you are going to have to introduce me to three Messianic Jews that I've never met before. Talk about a specific I prayer. Mean, that, and I, and did I expect that to get answered? Well, heck no. But it, <laughs> like it was like like within a week, a, a woman emailed me and said, you don't know me, my name is such and such, but I've been sitting in the church service, this is when we were at Forest Hill, I've been sitting in the church service, a friend brought me to, to, it was a different campus, it was Fort Mill, and she said, I want you to know I'm Jewish, but I have accepted Jesus. And so, and then we met with her. So that was like number one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then another lady reached out. See, it had to be initiated by somebody else. Another lady reached out to me and said, I want to hear some about your travels to Africa because I'm thinking about doing some missions work. So we're talking, having coffee at Whole Foods and blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden she looks at me and she goes, well, and you know I'm a completed Jew. I was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so that was two. Was like, did you just like leap something yeah. in you just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. So the last one is really the funny one. So I'm waiting back in Whole Foods. I'm in line. And. You know, I'm not saying this is an endorsement or not an endorsement, but I find Sid Roth an interesting show to watch every now and then because yes. the miracles mm-hmm. are phenomenally he's completed you. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm in Whole Foods one day, and I'm looking at, I'm trying to find my wallet and my credit card and all that, and we're in this long line, and I'm looking, and right in front of me is Sid Roth. No. <laughs> oh, come on. And he turns around, <laughs> and I said, I know who you are. I said, this is really funny. You're Sid Roth. I'm Marilyn Chapel. He said, oh, I visited your church before. Wow. Well, we struck up a conversation, and I said, you're not going to believe this, but you were my fleece today because I was looking for a third completed <laughs> Jew. <laughs> so I don't know if that's all. I put it in the back of the book, but it, wow. but it was enough. Spoiler that gets alert. your attention. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. But it was enough to get my attention, to give me the strength that I needed because I was really yes. tired. It was a hard time to write a book. Wow. You're funny, Sid Roth. So that's that amazing. So <laughs> wild. I did yeah. not know that. I have not gotten to that part of the book, but I can't, I'm. Well, it's still in the study guide. It's in the back. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to tell listeners that is because I feel like God wanted the stories told. Again, not mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. but all these people, mm-hmm. these women, needed mm-hmm. to have their stories told. And I think we're living in a day and age. I think women are very confused, and yes. I've come out of the belief 
in the in a perspective that was not very respectful of marriage and family and mothering and all that mm-hmm. and kind of came full circle and i think we are to be nurturers yes absolutely but we're all supposed to we're supposed to be warriors yes mm-hmm. and and i think in america we've sh- we've we've gone back and forth we went to all nurturer and i think a lot of women felt like mm, there's more to it than that and then it kind of flipped over to oh warrior warrior we're going to beat up all the men and I think God wanted there to be both. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's probably what my hope is mm-hmm. for this for this book that maybe people will pick up and read. Well, I love that so much. And gosh, I want to honor your time, Marilyn, because I know you have so much work and, and study to do yet before you go back to, to finish this master's program. But Mel, do you have any any last questions that you would like to just pull out of and draw out of Marilyn while she's here with us? And I... Oh, my goodness. This nurturer warrior thing, too. I don't want to skip over what you just said, because that is how you start the book. That's when the heart of the book. It's the heart of the book. And yeah. when you are a little girl, I, I love the way you start the book. Will you, will you share that real quick while Mel is gathering her deep questions yeah, for you? I will, because it's kind of like a, a word picture that I give myself every now and then when I try to think about what I like about being a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're in a really weird age where people that are women don't want to be and men, people that are men don't want to, you know, it's weird. And yet being a woman's a great thing. So when I was seven, I knew I had great parents and I knew that there was a lot of fun stuff out there for girls. And so for Christmas, I wanted a Winchester rifle. <laughs> it was not the real one. <laughs> it was Mattel, but it was the first one they ever made that was like the real Winchester. And I loved cowboys and all that. And my daddy had been the World War II submarine veteran. He was a sharpshooter, you know, so he wasn't nervous about guns. So they gave me a Winchester rifle. For Christmas. And they also gave me, uh, the other thing I wanted desperately was a baby kitten doll. It was a Madame Alexander, beautiful classic doll, just probably a classic to this day. Mm -hmm. So there I am with my little baby kitten doll, just just gorgeous (laughs) baby doll that I loved, and my Winchester rifle on the other arm. And then I think I conned them into getting me PF Flyer tennis shoes with the high tops that the the girls didn't wear back then. So anyway, but I wasn't confused. Mm -hmm. I just think that all of those things are embraced Mm -hmm. in true womanhood. Why do we need to, well, I won't go any further. Keep going if you you want to. Let's preach. Why do we we need need to mix it up? It's already so good. Mm -hmm. And and I wouldn't trade mothering for anything. You know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And I had pretty big career plans, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, no, preach. That's a now word, too. I want women to have the courage to know that that's not plan B for them. Mm-hmm. That it's, boy, I think, I used to think the best energy I can give is to launch in these three kids. Yeah. 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 And you've done such a great job well, and continue to do. Well, yes. thank you. And I'm still trying to dig into school a little bit here and yeah. there. And You're busy. Books. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're amazing, Mary. Oh, I'm not, absolutely not. Come look. At, come home with me and look at my house. I just. <laughs> well, I'm like Jen. I think that we could roll out just a whole list of questions and keep mm. going, really. Um, but I think on my heart, and we we often ask our guests to come mm. on. What is God speaking to you right now mm. in this season, personally, and something that would be good to share with our listeners? Well, I bet your listeners are wrestling like I am with what in the world is God doing today Mm -hmm. in his body of Christ, which is the church. Yes. Things are getting shuffled around, and we've been, you know, we've had some shuffling ourselves, and things are a little topsy-turvy, not where we would have thought things would have gone two or three, four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure anybody really has the word for where it's going. Hmm. So I think the thing that I would say is um, keep your ear to the ground and 
and watch for signs of God at work all around you on a daily basis. Listen for his voice and then step in where he calls you. And maybe we're not going to have the big answer yet. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we're not going to know what the, the bride of Christ needs to look like. Everybody's making predictions about what it needs to look like. But maybe it's just that we guard what's in here in our heart, guard our eyes, guard our ears, stay close to the ground, do what he asks us to do like John 4, you know, let our food be to do his will. And then trust him, you know, not holding too tightly to some of the outward constructs. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. It does. You know, mm-hmm. because a lot of the outward constructs, you you could find out pretty easily they, they can crumble pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Well, and even things that we have built up in our minds and the way we understand what we think Scripture means, even, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we can do mm-hmm. those constructs with that. Just like yeah. the disciples didn't have a clue what he meant when he said, you know, I will be rebuilt in three mm-hmm. days. This temple will be rebuilt. They didn't know. And they didn't know. I think there's so much that we do know now, obviously, on this side mm-hmm. of the New Testament, mm-hmm. but yeah. there's still mystery. It's the book of mysteries. It is the mm-hmm. book of mysteries. And we are very non-mysterious people here in the West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a couple of friends that were debating about certain aspects of the Trinity recently. And you know, I was just like, I kind of removed myself from the conversation because it was all from a very clinical Western mm-hmm. perspective. And I was like, I don't think we're going to get the answers. It's just kind of like, mm-hmm. it's there. Mm-hmm. We can't, it's not proven. It's not proven, but it's all throughout Scripture. And we have to kind of embrace it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a mystery. Yeah. There's a lot about God that's a mystery. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And have faith. And have faith. Have faith. faith is unseen. That's mm-hmm. right. Evidence of things not seen. And the substance of things hoped for. Yes, that's right. Well, I'm just going to say it. I would really love also if you could come back someday, Marilyn, (laughs) and talk to to us and our listeners Mm -hmm. about your other book that about hearing God's voice, Mm -hmm. because I think that um, today more than ever, Mm -hmm. so we need to hear, Mm -hmm. learn to recognize and. Hear his voice. Discern that voice. Mm -hmm. Discern that voice. It's a busy, noisy world right now. It is. It's not always so easy. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think sometimes we have to listen for the second voice because Mm -hmm. that first one usually so loud and, Mm -hmm. you know, panicky. Yes. Mm -hmm. Listen for the second voice. I used to always say, John 10 27, it's got to be true. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That was my prayer for my children before they entered school. I said, above all else, they've got to hear your voice. And I think training your heart to hear God's voice. Next to getting saved is probably our most important task. That's yes. good on earth, and it's not always easy. People make it sound right. like it's so easy. I'm like, how does that could be easy for you? I think it takes a little more time than that. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And knowing, like, is this a temptation or is this a test? Yeah. Is yeah. this a trial? Like, just yeah. we're, it's an ongoing learning mm-hmm. yes. how to mm-hmm. discern his voice because it's so. an ongoing relationship. It's like with our our spouse, whether you've been married, yes. you know, however many years, it's yeah. it's growing. It is. It's constantly growing. But you train yourself. You spend enough time with your spouse that when, like, when David calls me on the phone, I don't mm-hmm. have to go, "Hello, who is this?" Because right. you know, I've trained myself. <laughs> yes. To to discern his voice. Yes. And, um, what was it? it? Was one? I think it was the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. What was it? The second one. But anyway, I think Aslan was saying, you know, I never do the same thing, things the same way twice. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I think he keeps. I think the Lord keeps us on our toes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it keeps us in awe and mm-hmm. wonder. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And childlike. Yep. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts for us before we end? Well, you mentioned the word wonder, and I would just invite not just your listeners but all of us 
to recapture that idea of wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Elisha's servant saw the chariots of fire and the horses around him, I imagine he was pretty yes. awestruck. Yes. And I read something the other day that said if you have fear and you mix it with resistance, which is resisting the fear, all you get is pain and suffering. But if you have fear and you're willing to kind of release it and mix it with curiosity, then that gives birth to wonder. So I'm like, I'm still pondering that. Wow. That if I have fear, because I do struggle with fear some, but if I can mix it with curiosity, and usually that involves stepping out in some way, be curious, step out in faith, and then trust that, you know, God gives birth to wonder. Wow. Um, I think wonder is a pretty cool place for us to to live, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And that expands, that wonder Mm -hmm. expands Uh our perspective of God, going back to what you said. Which then takes takes a shot at fear you know that's one of our weapons against fear and these are kind of scary times you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really good wow that's really powerful i'm going to write that as a one-liner mic drop in the show notes so nobody (laughs) forgets that but marilyn thank you so much thank you for the time that you took to prepare Mm -hmm. to be here to just share with us these what mel affectionately calls nuggets 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 of wisdom. We are so blessed. We are just to the core grateful. Um, Would you do one more thing for us, and would you pray for our listeners? Absolutely. And by the way, good for you guys doing this podcast. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you. you. Father, thank you for for Jen and for Mel being willing to step out and give. I mean, they are giving of themselves by doing this podcast. And I pray right now for any listeners that are listening to what we've shared I pray that they are just being stirred by your Holy Spirit to to want more, that they will open their eyes to see you more clearly. They'll open their ears to hear you more. And whatever little fears they have, Lord, I just pray that you'd give them an action, Hmm. something that would cause them to be curious enough to step out, maybe in the direction of somebody that's hurting worse than they are, or maybe somebody that needs just the word that they have for today. But as they mix that fear and that if they're curious and then they're obedient to you, I pray you'd give birth to wonder mm. and to amazement, and which is where we really should be living every day as we look around us. And we thank you for the wonder of the resurrection. We thank you for the wonder of your son coming to earth. Wow. Yes. And just thank you that we get to be part of his body of Christ here on earth. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.